Welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. I'm Alan Arnold, and today in the studio, we have Stacey Eldridge talking on the topic of defiant joy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me today. I'm glad to be here. I do want to talk about defiant joy today, but I also want to talk about what's absolutely current. And as of yesterday, I thought, I can't talk about defiant joy. I am not joyful. But today, God has caught my heart and shifted my focus back to Him, who is the source of all joy, regardless of what is going on in our lives. And so that's why I do want to talk about it, because life is hard, and it throws us curveballs. And there are times when it is smooth and we are having great relationships or a time of celebration or the great feeling of friendship or being seen or pursued. And those are sweet, good times. I want those for you. I want more for me. But that's not the only thing that's going on in this life. And yet, in the midst of the all, in the midst of the war that we are all living in, God calls us, exhorts us, invites us to be joyful in him. How do we do that? I want to fill you in on where I'm kind of at. I've been having severe pain probably for about eight months. Prior to that, mild pain, but I just thought it was normal and you just overlook it. It really is amazing what we live through that we think is normal. Maybe it hurts for me every time I took a step, but you know. That's just the way it goes. So yeah, my body exploded about eight months ago, and I just recently learned that I have severe osteoarthritis in my my hip and in my lower back and other parts of my body, but I'm really grateful that there is help for me. I'll be having a hip replacement next month, and it kind of scares me, but at the same time, I am one of the lucky ones for whom there is help, and there is a prognosis with a light at the end of the tunnel, and I can't tell you how it has alerted me and opened my eyes to those that are suffering around me in physical pain or the unseen emotional pain, and it tenderizes your heart. I'm in the company of canes. I'm in the company of wheelchairs at the airport, and there's so many. There's so many. And I'm also in the company of believers that holds on to the truth that Jesus is the healer. He heals today. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are active and true and real, and Jesus is the healer of our broken hearts and the healer, ultimately, of our bodies. So I guess two things I want to talk about, and I'm not really sure where to start, but I will start here. Suffering is a part of life. It is. Jesus didn't escape it. He was perfected by his sufferings, and so are we. God even promises that he will use it for our good. He's such an amazing God that there's nothing out of his hand. There's nothing out of his realm or his reach that he doesn't turn for our good, for his glory, for our maturing, for us even to come to the place that we're thankful to him for it, which is supernatural and crazy. But it is a part of life. And if we think we're just going to sail through it, then we are going to miss the beauty and the depth of what Jesus did for us. We want to live in the power of the resurrection. But to get to the resurrection, you have to pass through the crucifixion. For Jesus to be the victorious king that he is, to have the victory on the cross, 
to disarm the rulers and authorities, he had first to pass through the crucifixion. The truth is that we will suffer, but we will never suffer as Jesus did, ever. Because remember, Jesus drank not only the sins of all mankind at the cross, but he also drank from the cup of the judgment and the full wrath and anger of God. We are called, too, to drink from the cup of suffering, but we will never suffer as he did because we suffer under a canopy of grace and love, never wrath and judgment. Our Father never abandons us. He never turns his face away. He promises to be with us through this valley of the shadow of death, and he invites us to live honestly with him. He's our strength in our weakness. He's who we lean upon. We can rejoice over that. We can have joy in the midst of pain and sorrow and loss because of what Jesus has accomplished for us, because of his victory, because of who he is and who we are in him. I guess I want to kind of preach about that. Because God's mercies are new every morning, and sometimes the pain does not go away. And our God goes before us, behind us, around us, within us, and he wants us to know him in the midst of us. I have a friend going through severe suffering, and what he has come to know of the presence of God and the reality of heaven and the goodness of all that Jesus has won for him in the midst of his suffering makes him say it was worth it, is worth it. He knows God in a way that most of us don't because he knows that God is enough, more than enough, in the midst of it all. I have a friend whose son just didn't wake up, 24 years old, and he just didn't wake up. An undiagnosed heart problem took his life in the middle of the night sorrow, grief, loss, a pain that she's going to live with, having her son, as many of you know, having ones you love or a child precede you to heaven. That's You bear that. That changes you. And yet this friend worships God and loves him and exalts him more than most people I know. And there's something that happens in the hearts of those in her presence. We have hope in the midst of our suffering. We can have joy no matter what sorrow or suffering we are enduring because we have been chosen forever by the Father, and he will never turn his face away. Sometimes we do turn our face away, but he is faithful, and nothing can ever separate us from his love, from that love. He has engraved us into his heart. We are engraved into Jesus' hand, and in him, we're victorious. The suffering, it doesn't have the final say. And the truth that God is going to use it even more for our good is crazy to me. There are times when I've been taken to the mat with this pain. Really, I have been. And all I can do is say his name and cry out. And then he comes and he meets me. I love this verse from Romans 5, verse 3 and 5. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, 
and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Our hope is ultimately that we are going to make it home, our true home, our heaven, heaven that is waiting for us, life of eternal joy in the very presence of God. That's our destiny. And honestly, it's going to be that much sweeter because of the road we have taken with our God to get there. The sorrow and the grief, the pain, the loss, they come and they are real. And we have a God who is well acquainted with them. And he doesn't ask us to ignore it, but to invite him into it, to bear it together. There is suffering, yes, but there is also joy. In the face of the ultimate reality, won for us by our Lord, we don't have to pretend that life is better than it is. We don't have to pretend that we don't hurt as much as we do or that we're feeling happy when we're not. We're invited to be fully alive, awake, alert, oriented to truth, fixing our gaze on Jesus. So knowing that no matter what, no matter what, we can be defiantly joyful. The other thing is that we're really invited by Jesus to let him use suffering, pain in our life to soften us, and to draw us to him. Sometimes it does the opposite, and we have a choice to make. Sometimes it can make us hard. We can feel abandoned or betrayed, and that's where we need to cling to the word of God and what he says, because the truth is there regardless of what we're feeling or experiencing. It's Dan Allender who says, don't waste your pain. Yeah, don't waste it. Let God use it to further transform each one of us more into the image of Christ. I got an email this morning from somebody who meant it kindly. It's not the first of these kinds of messages that I've gotten or the friends of mine who have, have gotten. And it basically was telling me that I wasn't healed because I didn't believe Jesus. That stung. Jesus is the healer. And I believe in him and his healing grace. I've prayed for people and they've been healed. I've witnessed miraculous healings. I have a friend who was paralyzed from the neck down. And his suffering was only added to by the multitude of well-meaning but misguided Christians who told him that he wasn't healed because he didn't have enough faith. That is wrong. Listen, guys, listen, friends, when you say that to someone, you're adding to the damage. Now, I believe that Jesus heals and sometimes he doesn't because we don't ask and we don't believe and we want to believe. We want to press into the goodness that he has. Jesus told his disciples to go forward and to heal the sick, not pray for the sick, heal them. He moves. He does. And when we pray, he does move. But here's the thing. He either heals the person or he gives them the grace to endure. And either way, he comes with his manifest presence so that a person can know him better and love him more. I want to say to my well-meaning sisters and brothers, don't add to the pain of others by judging them or their faith. Pray for them. 
Invite them into the more that God has for them. But also don't dismiss the fact that Jesus said, in this life, you will have suffering. And yes, take heart because I have overcome the world. Suffering doesn't have the final say, but it exists. And let God use it for your good. Let him use it for mine. Let it soften us. Let it transform us into his image. Let it change us that we might offer mercy and kindness and love just like our Father does. So bless you, friends. May God meet you deeply wherever you are at. Stacy, that is so good. I have a question for you, and that is, with this whole topic of defiant joy, is it unrealistic for that to be the first response we have to suffering, pain, loss? Like, does that have to be the eventual response and we finally get there, or can that actually be the immediate response when we face suffering or loss? You know, Alan, it's such a good question. And I think it depends on the severity of the loss and the suffering and the maturity of the believer. For a significant loss, I think to immediately go to joy would not be defiant joy, but would be denial. Mm -hmm. We aren't to pretend or not feel. We're supposed to be alive and awake. And so we have to grieve And yes, we grieve not as those who have no hope, but we grieve and we feel deeply. And if we don't, then we won't receive the ultimate healing that we need, nor be able to offer comfort to those who are going to need it. That would just harden us and become a kind of person that in the face of someone else's suffering say, don't feel anything. That is not what God wants for us. Sometimes on a certain thing, a loss, a pain, a suffering, we will never feel defiant joy. It's a choice to fix our gaze and say, okay, this is awful. And even so, I believe that God is good. That's really helpful because for listeners and for myself to know how does defiant joy, how do we usher that in while grieving and while mourning what could be a huge loss And at the same time, not staying there in that posture of just eternal grief. Right. I really think it's a shift of fixing our gaze, even in the midst. This morning was a time for that, for me, just worshiping God and proclaiming the truth and remembering who he is and proclaiming who he is and what he's like. Did a shift to my heart? Did it take the pain away? It did not. Do I want this? I do not. Is he good? Yes, he is. Hmm. You've been listening to Stacey Eldridge talking about defiant joy. And wow, that's a message that I needed. And I'm sure most of you listeners do as well right now. If you want more from Stacey, she has the books Captivating and Becoming Myself. Also for teen girls, there's her newer book, Free to Be Me. And then, if you would like to hear more from her on audio or video, we have Captivating Live, which is available in both formats. I'm Alan Arnold. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. We will be back next week.